Hello and welcome back to the Bigger Picture Podcast. I am your host, Shannon Zhao. It has been a while because today we have a very special guest. I'm var- very fortunate to be joined with Constantine Jung. What's up, man? I hope you do here. <laughs> you want to introduce yourself a little bit? Oh, yeah, I can. Uh, first of all, thanks for having me here. It's of been course. a pleasure. I listened uh-huh. to a couple of episodes of you. I really yeah. like what you're doing. I you. really got inspiration from your podcast. So so we started a to podcast together. <laughs> <laughs> you can put it like that. <laughs> yeah. No, that's just a great source. Yeah, I'm happy uh-huh. to be here. So about my personality. Mm-hmm. 19 years old, I will start from a PG year here in MH. Yeah. Uh, come from Germany, grew mm-hmm. up in Germany mm-hmm. in a town called Kassel. Mm-hmm. I always say Frankfurt because Frankfurt. not so much people know Kassel, but Kassel is actually city. a town. Mm-hmm. Uh, now I clarified it for everybody who don't know, 100 miles away from Frankfurt, 200 really? town citizens. Yeah, it's 100 miles away. But the traffic, I like the uh, train system is really good in Germany. Okay. So normally drive there in like in one or one half an hour, right? Okay. But yeah, I'm out to my personality. I... Graduated from Germany last year, did uh-huh. my final exams, what just called Abitur there in Germany. That's how you call your final exams. Abitur. And I also, yeah, I always uh, connected soccer, uh, connected school with my soccer career. Okay. Uh, it's not connected in general in Germany. For the people sure. for the people who don't know, it's uh, more like you're doing it separately and you have to... Yeah, it's like club and then academic. And then you have to see how you get along. So it was really stressful to have final exams. And, really? Uh, yeah, and soccer. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, I finished that in August and, uh, yeah, straight you after that, here. straight after that, yeah, I got that. NMH also uh, connected. Always, I was always a little curious and want to ask you, how did you get recruited to NMH? What was that process like? Interesting process. Um, Short version or long version in the beginning here? We can start with a short version if it's uh, worth diving into. Okay, Okay. sounds good. Sounds good, John. Uh, So yeah, short version. I went to a soccer showcase in February in Danbury, Connecticut. Got an invitation there. Was really spontaneous to go there. Also, really big thing for my family. How how did you sort of got get the invitation? It was because I started the process of like paving my way to America. I would say now two years ago, where I reached Mm. out to an agency who done a lot of times. They Mm. are specialized of. Mm looking at German athletes, mm-hmm. probably focused on soccer, mm-hmm. giving them an opportunity to come in contact with American coaches mm-hmm. by attending so-called showcases and then having the opportunity to go with the agency, over the agency as a kind of transmitter to the college coach and then find the right fit to find the right college for you. So you always wanted to play college soccer? Yeah, I think that was my compromise to uh, connect school and soccer. Mm. So yeah, back to did the you, story. Did you always kn- wait? Sorry about that, but did you always know about um, American soccer system, the system here, like how academics and athletics are connected here? I had a few experiences from people who done it before from our club. Mm-hmm. It really, really like singular people who already did that. True. But what I heard from from the stories and what they what they just he- what they just told, because for example. Um, somebody who won the championship with Marshall, I guess now, three years ago, his brother played with me. Mm-hmm. So he was kind of, his brother always went to our, like, mm-hmm. went to soccer and tell yeah, me, like, yeah. how great his life was. Brothers. And I was like, oh, <laughs> sh- show balance, me something. Yeah. Do you have videos, stuff like that? And he showed all that, like, videos mm-hmm. in the cabine, like, hanging out in the classroom and literally, like, <laughs> having everything connected, being kind of, like, focused what you do and also have people who support you in what you do. Like connecting soccer with connecting. Uh, connecting soccer with academics and also social life. So that sounded really like opportunity for me to keep up with my soccer career yeah. and at the same time 
study something in a good university. Mm-hmm. Also not something I'm, I'm really into. Maybe you can go later. I'm really, really into econ. <laughs> we can into like business and all that stuff. <laughs> so there are yeah. like, as you know, like people have interests and my really interest when I break it down, I would say like business economics is one interest and then definitely my sport soccer. So for me, it was a way like how to combine it and America gave me there the possibility, fortunately. Sure, definitely. And what, what then happened like back to the story was <laughs> yeah. that um, in Germany it was Corona was spread around, yeah, so yeah. no American coaches could come to the showcase in Germany, what was normally the case. Mm-hmm. And as you know, as a goalkeeper, it really makes a difference as when somebody sees you live, then somebody sees you on a highlight tape. Of because course. highlight tape is just like, of course highlight tapers have as reasons. I think they are still reasonable to see like what the approachable, like what is the best version of somebody. Yeah. But it just matters also, I think, for coaches how you did when you just come. Yeah. And then you have to just perform because then not everybody can perform and somebody like me who is like a, a player who comes from giving like a good performance in many days out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was really that I want to show myself at this one day. So what happened of is course. I got an invitation to America, showcase Denver, Connecticut, mm-hmm. February. Yeah, I went down here, played yeah. the showcase, played very well. Yeah, And after that, things worked out. People, uh, coaches wrote, coaches reached out so, to me. So you just came here for one showcase? Yes, yes, yes. How long was the showcase? Uh, showcase was, in the end of the day, was the whole day, but uh, I knew before that I would probably only play 45 minutes. 45? Yeah, 45 So, minutes. okay. So you flew all the way from Germany to U.S., all that the 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 flight fees, all uh, the settling fees, hotel, and the and the jet lag, and obviously, just for forty five minutes of game time, you got it. <laughs> and you got and you settled and you connected with Yale. Right that was there. my opportunity, yeah. And I connect <laughs> with Yale there. How, bro? Forty five minutes. What did you do, bro? Magic. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was it was a great day. I did a good performance. I played really risky in what I'm doing, but sometimes. Sometimes somebody's above you and watched down and said like this guy has luck today. And it wasn't I, I was like I, I'm I'm still in a good level and I still like think that what I did I could uh, could do it like seven of ten days, but I was lucky to have one of these seven, seven days, days where sure. things were working out. Sure, because sure, I think sure. where forty five minutes, you know, as a goalkeeper, when you have nothing to do and you got no yeah, shots. Exactly, on, exactly. On your goal then it's hard to present horrendous. yourself. So what I did, I played really offensive to like give me myself my options. Yeah, Jim Bernstein can probably tell you about that. <laughs> he saw me there. He saw me there. That's the thing. He oh, saw really? me there. Yeah, Jim is okay. our like as People probably don't know it on the podcast. Jim is the uh, varsity soccer coach of NMH. So uh, he saw me there. And mm. then I came in contact with Yale. And things worked out with the PG year that mm. I'm making at the moment. Sure. So there was kind of the compromise and also an b- opportunity. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of not regretting what I'm, th- what I'm doing here. So how did you sort of settle your offer with Yale? Did, did the, when did you sort of settle that? It, was that last year? Or because because when you came in this year or bu- or even since last year when I asked Charlie about goalkeeping situation next year, he was telling me that we have a Yale goalkeeper coming in. So when were you sort of committed to Yale verbally? Yeah, thing of so I'm I'm kind of I always say this to people that are not so familiar to the process and that's why mm-hmm. I originally said like after I got my acceptance on 15th of December I was like oh yeah now I can say I'm accepted I never used to word like committed verbally committed because I wasn't sure of like this is all how how serious it actually is because after the showcase the Yale coach reached out to me I didn't even know it was the Yale coach because it was funny but it was the only <laughs> coach who was not wearing like 
actually college closes. So everybody <laughs> got their St. John's, Yukon, like straight yeah. on their shirt. He was like, this is the Yukon coach because he had like the fattest Yukon logo I ever saw. <laughs> so people knew that he's the <laughs> man for Yukon. Yeah. And there was like, the Yale coach were like really low key. He hasn't, he hasn't much like college stuff on. I wasn't sure who it is. He talked to my dad. And my dad don't tell to me immediately because he already knew it before me because when I was playing, he was reaching out to him. And my dad wanted to like stress me that much with this information because it already would like change the whole showcase if somebody would told me that already Yale reached out to me. I was like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, <laughs> what happened here? Yeah. <laughs> so he waited a bit, which was really reasonable. Mm -hmm. And at the end of the day also really good for me because then I could really like reflect on it and send the right messages because... Uh, as for example, like Logan mm. yesterday on our yeah, podcast told who is a committed to Harvard, he also said like, it's really important to put the right messages next to your first impression, because when you have a good first impression, you still have to like get a foundation and show them that you're interested, you're a good guy. Yeah, and I obviously like cared a lot about the messages I sent out and I stayed in contact with the assistant coach who mm -hmm. at the end of the day also made possible that I, two days later from the showcase, I had the first visit at Yale. I just went down there <laughs> and they gave, me, they gave me directly a tour and we directly talked about how things could work out. So that was like kind of like no after- way. No way. So like 45 minutes of playing and they're preparing you to sign your sign a contract. No, I wouldn't, I wouldn't <laughs> say sign a contract, but it was like, we are definitely interested in you and you will definitely hear from us. So that was the information I got when I visited Yale because wow. I also talked with the head coach there. I was curious. So did Yale sort of see your films beforehand? I don't think so. I don't think so, no. So they saw you that first day again for that for only that 45 minutes and already decided to give you an offer yeah and i really that's think crazy when that like, is very yeah crazy. people people always ask me like did it really was the 45 minutes uh, and i wasn't believing that i was also like that was funny because i can tell a story here i never told it before so oh that's that's interesting it's a treat for the bigger picture <laughs> it is it is definitely <laughs> because i was also wondering like i was wondering like why me oh i mean like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm a good goalkeeper i got the one offers before but yeah, honestly, course. I was honest with them. I got no Ivy League offers. So I was like, there wasn't, it wasn't even like I was so you want to study mm -hmm. and play in a high level. And for me, it was clear that high level is Division One. That's also like kind of only information Academics. that I got from here. Mm -hmm. So what then happened is I went with the Yale coach and assistant coach and I was asking them like, why, why you have picked me? <laughs> honestly, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I was like, what was in that day that, that I left such a good impression for you? Yeah. And he said, and that was like, that literally gave me like the bigger picture feeling oh. because he was saying, mm. you were staying in the wrong hotel yesterday. And I was like, what you mean? What? <laughs> okay. Keep and going. yeah, the story behind it was, I was arriving right after my eight hours flight. Sure. I was with my family one day in Boston, mm -hmm. drove to the drove to the uh, showcase, mm -hmm. then show up there. And the thing was that they guided me to the wrong hotel. Mm. So my dad, oh, he like, he drove five hours. I was like, Constantine, can we have a bed? And can we still, can we can we sleep? I mean, you need sleep, I need sleep. We have a, we have a showcase tomorrow, you have to be ready. Let us find a hotel. But the thing was, the organization gave me a hotel, which was wrong. So then we were, when, we, when we were there, it was like 10 p.m. And then they guided me to other hotel. And then I went there. And then at the same night, I went out with boys there but just we went out dinner and have a great dinner and i talked to them and at 10 p.m 
yeah, built up great connections. It was kind of a pizza hut or something like that. <laughs> so it was something, but we eat all salad, obviously, so we prepared healthy. But it mm. was like I came there, completely new situation, connected directly with the persons there. And it was a really good feeling of like already having people surrounding me and doing the kind of the same showcase as me because I never attended the showcase before. Mm-hmm. And back to the story, what I told, he was like, Actually, he knew the whole story of me. So he knew that I flew over 45 minutes. He knew that I was in the wrong hotel and how did I react to a new situation. So he kind of was getting my characteristics by the decision I made in the last few days. And he really was a fan of the characteristics I had. He said, like, you stay in the wrong hotel. Other people would mess it up and say, like, oh, are you guiding me to the wrong hotel? What, what you did there? It's your job to guide me to the wrong hotel. So why is the wrong hotel? But what I did was, I was still positive. I was going to the right hotel then, connecting there with the people, attending next to the showcase and made a great performance. And the whole picture was impressive for them. So it was more like the picture wow. of how interesting. I- That how is very I, interesting. How I sold mm. my, how we talked a lot before, but it's definitely, it's definitely a point how to sell your, how you sell your personality. That is very counterintuitive. And- I mm-hmm. I really I really say that my price for my personality was the real price I gave, but I was really really proud that this short time gave me the possibility to really show who I am, because it was always my goal to show a personality like really who I am. Because I was also like for myself, I knew that when somebody know how my whole personality is, mm-hmm. they probably get convinced by having the right goalkeeper, and that yeah. that's what that what happens. And I have I had the ability to show my whole personality, which was really like also obviously a good feeling for me you see that's how your personality and goalkeeper connects <laughs> like uh, for for listeners constantine was telling me earlier or a couple of times that he just doesn't feel that his personality and goalkeeper sort of connects because you're saying that um well being a good person doesn't help you on the field i mean being a good person helped me a lot to build up a good team relation I mean, mm-hmm. building a good team relation, having with, I mean, like, I'm also a captain of the, of the, of the soccer team yeah, here, course. and that really gave me the also, also the opportunity to really have also an impact. But I had an impact before of just, like, trying to always make the best of every session and motivate the guys to be the best version of, of themselves out there. Of course. But what I literally mean, like, in Germany, it's a kind of different thing when you have, like, all the competition. But as a goalkeeper, it's always the case. Yeah, one, of course. One, one keeper but plays. One keeper, one plays, keeper yeah. plays, and the other have to is benched first of all and the other keeper obviously tries to be the first goalkeeper and you are still the first goalkeeper so you always have a kind it's, of pressure it's always like a this weird relationship yeah to kind of like, like in season bro we two are well, i don't know there were there was always like with me you alistair nick there was always always like you know i mean at the end of the day we all goalkeepers and we love what we do of course and that should never get lost and yeah. i think what in germany happened like this never got lost but the but it's it also happened to the coach how he put it in a way. Mm. So that's kind of that. But I think like yeah, as you said. Yeah, interesting. Mm. I mean, speaking of which, you talked about your personality and also how you instantly build the connections and all that. I really want to talk about your social skills. Because dude, you I don't know, man. Cause like I was so surprised, me personally, after like, I don't know, a few days start of school. You just, this place just seemed like your home, you know, it's, you, you, it felt like you were here longer than everyone else. Like you, you were here more than people that are already here. If you know what I'm saying, like you were so comfortable here and you already built all those connections. Like, how do you do that? And not, not only how do you do that, but how 
how does that come to you? Was that always with you, with your blood? Or it was something you developed post, um, I don't know, posthumous, is that what they say? Like, it's not natural, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, first of all, thank you. I really take it as a compliment when you're yeah, saying Yeah, of course, this. man. You, you, it's great, man. You're a great person, great friend. Thank you, brother. Thank yeah. you. Really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, kind of to get, get to your answer. So I'm always interested what the other person next to me is doing. Like, generally, it's just a curiosity. curiosity. <laughs> yeah, I just said, it's just, just a curiosity of how the person but next I to me is I just feel doing. like... Constantine is like my um you know I don't know like my identical twin from Germany, <laughs> uh, bro. We just have so much in common. But keep keep talking. Sorry if I interrupted you. No, no problem, no problem. I mean, like curiosity is the first thing. Like knowing what the other people's doing, and also that the curiosity that I made so much good experience with talking to people who can do so many things better than I. I mean, sure. like I still feel in like the most of the ways I'm doing like amateur. Like I'm I'm not a, I'm maybe a pro at like. I'm not even anything a pro. I can learn also from somebody about goal kicking. I can learn something about business. I can always learn, but there are so many topics out there which I never touched. Exactly. And talk, talking to the right people who really share their passion with you and why exactly. they're doing what they're doing. It's a bigger is, picture right there. Is is, <laughs> is, is, is a feeling which is in, in, my, in my perspective and incredible because like people can share so much with you and also like, kind of the way of when you meet somebody, you sometimes have the way that you're talking to each other and you already find out that he has somebody, he has something or somebody that can help you and you have something or somebody that can help him. Mm -hmm. And that is really like, we would say in econ, we would say a good trade-off, but <laughs> it is. It is it a is. good trade-off because... It's it, always constant learning. And, mm -hmm. and oftentimes it doesn't cost you anything to do it that favor for him because probably for example when you're asking me like an like a simple business question like for example like how was your first feeling of finding a group to start a project like i went to this process i found a group where i localized the project so i can really share with that person what does it mean for me to find the right persons to do a project with and it doesn't cost me anything even though like on the opposite it would and i would enjoy to like just like get these memories in my head and share it with him like in the three or four minutes and that is nothing that costs me anything so gladly everybody can ask me that question at the same time mm -hmm. when i'm asking the right question about the other person he will also have a topic where he can gladly share something with you and at the end of the day Mm -hmm. Like that's the same thing, bro. You you are working. I can I can really like make an example. There was levels. You're both level one. Like no, we like can we say were like talking about when when uh, we were trying to start the one percent club. Like how every person is like a bar graph, right? Yeah, I, I said this there because yeah. this is the thing. Because when you are both on level one on one subject, and somebody's on level level four and you're on level one, but then on the other subject you're on level four and he's on level one. I hope everybody understands this. It's similar. Like I made for example, with the levels. yeah. But what, what, I, what I'm saying is mm -hmm. that the other person can really push you two or three percent, which only giving you information that he he knows. He, he knows and he just repeats, and you can just repeat other information. So you can really get into something just by talking to the right people. Yes, definitely. Yeah. And every and person is, and and yeah, every person is unique, and every person has like a distinct passion, something that they're good at. So like, but just by talking to them, you are learning from them. You're and then you are improving yourself, but at the same time, they're actually learning from you too. It's I feel like conversation is a mutual process. That's why I love conversation so much. That's why I'm doing the podcast. You just exactly described my intention of starting Figure Fiction, actually, Great. right there. 
I started the bigger picture because I was so fascinated in learning in conversations and how so many people had so many different things that I could learn from. Like, for example, I could go go up to a musician. Yes. Yeah, like if I go to say, um, if I go to a musician, you know, I, I could learn what 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 the mindset for music is like, right? If I go to you know Logan, right, athlete mind. If I go to say, um, there, there's so many examples that I'm like <laughs> trying to. Figure I think out people example. get what you're saying because it's yeah, just like yeah. since you first made. I hope everybody made this experience before, but since you made the experience one to have like conversation that really brings you forward, mm -hmm. I think it's kind of something that you cannot get enough of it. It's just always also a time thing, so you cannot have like a frequent everyday talk of like one or two hours where you really get deep into it. But sometimes it's just enough to ask the right question shortly, like what you're doing, how you do that, why you do that. Mm -hmm. And when people have like a three, four sentence response to it, you also get that information can think about it and then probably came across in the right situation. For example, when you're talking about music, I never did something with music. I'm not I'm not in any way a music person, but maybe in some way in my life... I mean, you listen to music a lot, no? Yeah, but I'm, I never, like, played music, but maybe on some day in my life I came across a, a kind of, I don't know, a situation where I have to play a special instrument or something. Probably I'm taking a weird class at Yale and then I'm playing to play music. <laughs> and I knew that this one Creative guy... Impulse. <laughs> I, I, then I remember that this one guy I, I, I talked to like one half year ago told me about that he's into musicians and I think he, without saying names, I just made the experience that this person who loves music will talk at any time, any day with you about music. True. So it always also something with and also remembering if, that. Yeah, and, and when someone's really passionate about something, they dive really deep and they can find so, so many meanings out of it. And that in that way they can connect with other people. Do you know where I'm getting at? I, I know I know what you're getting. I think like that's, that's those people thing. who a lot of people who are really interesting. There, I feel like there's two ways of being a very interesting person. I mean, there's definitely more ways. Sorry about that, but one way is to really dive deep into one subject and to like really, really, you know, there's a there's a saying in Chinese. It's like you play it like a you play it so it turns out to be a flower. Um, I don't know how to. I don't know if that's a good really translation, get, but people get, any, get people get the idea. Yeah, which. exactly. Like when you really dive into one subject, they they will know a lot and they they'll become a very interesting person. And also, the uh, other way is like your way, who's very interested and curious about other people and constantly learning, constantly learning about different things and then you build up your personality and all that yeah also and i really I, I don't know if how many people listen to that but people who are on the podcast or people who listen to the podcast i really want to encourage you to to like go to people ask them the right question ask also what you what you probably never asked to one person that you that you have in mind because like like so what many, kind of questions like i mean like i i also like sometimes forget when i see a person who seems like to be so interesting i can give a short example about something okay should i do it yeah Hello, so, but that was nice that, to meet you. No, that, yeah, that's that, that's that, that's a positive example of something. So I was on vacation before I came to NMH in mm. Austria, and um, okay. I was sitting on a table uh, with somebody, mm -hmm. and we were just talking a bit. So we have a bunch of friends were with me. So we, we're talking. We also like uh, drank a bit, but not too much, like a beer. <laughs> and we're drinking a beer there. Well, hold up, I 
Are we allowed to talk about drinking here? I, I mean, it, it's it's fine. But it's, I, I don't know. It's a powerful story. And I'm a German. I'm a German, <laughs> so I don't have to talk about it. <laughs> yeah. German drinking age is what? 14? 16? <laughs> 14, not yet. <laughs> no, really? it's 18. It's, 18. Wait, it's just like, it's just like, bro. But, I, but everyone I know in Germany is like drinking since like 14. I mean, I, I didn't, but I, I was also like kind of like getting the way of like having after... Uh, when you, for example, have a vacation, you're sitting with your friends, you're kind of drinking a beer. That's yeah, of course, of course. So anyway, anyway, I was there drinking something. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> something. And then, and then uh, next to me, mm -hmm. there was a voice which was really, um, I, I, I knew it before. I, I knew it before that the voice I heard before. So I turned up to my friends and said like, am I the only one who knows that voice? And I was like, no, we know this voice because we literally hear it every second day. And now people think about what it is. So in Germany, the system is teachers explain you something in the lessons, but you go to YouTube after that and search the search, search <laughs> this thing up yeah. to find this one channel called Simple Club. You can look it up. Four million followers. They have like different channels. Simple Club. Simple Club. Math channel, chemistry channel, biology channel. When you speak German, you know the channel. Everybody who goes to German school knows this channel. There are even teachers who teach like they explain things because they're so great at explaining. So it turned out that this was the guy who was doing that videos, who's sitting right next Guy to Burnap, us. Burnap, is that his name? Uh, I, I don't know, I don't know. Simple Club, Simple Club's a channel. So yeah, these, they, they are like, they're not, they, it's, it's not only one person. They're like four or five people doing it together, but th there's the one voice of the main character who's also explaining. No way. And he was sitting next to us. And that's why we <laughs> recognized that voice because he was sitting next to us. And... I was like, boys, this 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 interesting <laughs> person, he has four million followers, he explains us school things every day he's sitting next to us. <laughs> and they were like, Oh, he probably will never talk to us. Why? Why she why he should. Yeah, yeah. And then then came came the moment. Um I was my friends were talking. I was say, kind of saying like 30 minutes like yes okay, yes, okay, because I was always listening to what they saying right to me because I was so curious. Mm -hmm. Then they were ordering something. They were ordering something mm -hmm. and the service man mm -hmm. didn't bring it to them. And mm -hmm. they were like complaining. It was like, oh, we are this, but he doesn't. We're talking about a drink again. Yeah. <laughs> and he doesn't bring us to us. And I was like, oh, I can change that because there's the bar. I can, I can buy them something. So I stand up, bought something, a drink. They're at the bar, brought it to them and think like, thank you for helping me eight years with my schoolwork. <laughs> And he was like staring at me. I say like, "Oh, that's so nice from you." And you, and you just bought that drinks for us. I say, "Yes, of course. That's at least what I can do for you." <laughs> and he was like, "Sit down, man." And I was like, "Thank you very much." And we talked like three hours. And it was three hours, no way. And it was, bro. It was such an inspirational conversation to talk to somebody who built like he's also in the Forbes thirty out of thirty. He's, so he's he's Forbes thirty out of thirty. People don't know. Wait, what do you mean by thirty out of thirty? Forbes always gives out a ranking of the 30 most successful entrepreneurs uh, under 30. Oh, 30 under 30. Okay. 30 under 30 from Forbes, the magazine. Okay. They were on there. So that Holy. kind of shows how <laughs> much potential and how much recognition they get for what they do worldwide Holy because they crap. also bring out an app. Now they're dealing also, now they want to expand their business. Like many countries in Europe already use their app to teach what they want to teach. 
And yeah, I I just talk with them. People don't know I have LinkedIn. I don't know if you can link it in the show notes or something like that. Mm-hmm. But people can see that there. I already made a post with them because it was really inspiration. I put some words there down. You, you made a post with them. Yeah, I made a post with them. <laughs> wow, that's how things turn out. I would, and, yeah, I would. And at thing. the end of the day, uh-huh. every person. I don't know if like if that applies to everyone, mm-hmm. but I had the feeling like even when they are have a lot of money, they have more followers than you. They have a tons of reason to not talk to you. Mm-hmm. They're still humans, and humans of normally. Of course, they're still humans. That's a exact and point. Mm-hmm. Normally, people like to ask to get to get to ask the right questions. And everyone wants to be, you know, everyone likes when. And you can other people you, you can get out. much mm-hmm. more of it just a photo. People thinking of like when they see a famous person. Oh, can we make a photo? Can we make a photo? And just like, oh, I'm so thankful. Thank you. Now away. Oh, when he has a bit time, ask him what you ever ask. I ever wanted to ask. Don't be yeah, so shy and only ask for a person. Yeah, cause, for for cause a picture, ask more. You can get something out of it. Yeah, they'll probably be interested in answering too. Who doesn't? Who doesn't mind asking answering a question? True. I sense. mean, it, but it depends. Sort of. It, if you're talking about celebrities, sometimes it depends on the person too. It depends on the person because people, like, for example, like like movie stars, they probably are so busy that they only yeah. want to go to one place to the other. Probably that was the family and stuff like that. That's the wrong. That's the wrong thing to ask. Yeah. But seeing somebody on seeing seeing somebody on the bar just hanging out with his friends and you are with your friends, probably perfect. And also like like for example, Federer, his type of personality is just he's so outgoing and so nice. Like those type of pe- people are. Like for for example, I was actually listening to Federer's podcast um, um, a few few days, um, not a month ago actually. I was uh, when I first got into Hong Kong. Um, he was doing it with Trevor Noah, I think. Okay. But but he was just, he was just sharing about his 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 how his personality has helped him in some ways. It's sort of like similar to what you were saying, but he is a very outgoing person, right? And he is always sort of curious and always learning. And he, he 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 not only he he doesn't think of himself as as like this athlete that's so top right, but he also would like talk to reporters you know like who who ask him questions he would ask dumb questions back and he would like build connections, and with fans too and all that and he's he's always like constantly learning that's why right now even though he's retired he has like his business, right he has he he's like a philanthropist he 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 does like some diplomacy. Um, he's like the ambassador for Swiss, some Swiss sports or something like that. Like, and and obviously uh, his Roger Federer merch, it's so so famous, so yeah. popular. You know, so that that those are the type of people like who 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 are great at one thing, but then they they because of their personality, they're great at so many things. I can foresee you to be like that too. <laughs> no, actually, I mean, coming off that point of reaching out and all that. What tips do you have for people to overcome social anxiety? Because I feel like, for me, um, or for you, I don't, I don't know. Do you think you always sort of felt comfortable reaching out to strangers, or w- were there like a period where it's tough for you? Oh, that's that's an interesting point. Because when you talk about social anxiety, I have it too. Mm. If if you believe it or not, I have it too. I was really a person like growing up. And I was always a person who was a bit nervous of something, writing a class test or talking. Yeah. Like I never had problems with like presentations because I knew when I make a mistake I will have the opportunity to like put it in the other way and just correct sure, myself sure, sure. 
in the class that wasn't the case. You, for example, math tests were terrible for me. Oh my gosh, putting something down, I wasn't sure about it, and then at the end, don't know if I was sure about it after I got the grade. Oh my yeah. gosh, <laughs> wasn't a feeling I really enjoyed. And mm -hmm. social anxiety is also the way of like, but I had the feeling that kind of accepting. That's also a tip, like accepting the social anxiety will help you a lot because you have to understand that people next to you probably also have that. Because no person has like, I would say no person has no push, pre, no like anxiety to be around many persons. Because however, if you're feeling, for example, like I'm now nine years old, for example, talking to a 16 or 70 years old really gives me kind of like the feeling that I'm older than him and probably he will not like challenge me in that way. Like not in general, but not in that way I say like, oh, I'm, I'm so nervous to talk to that person. Talking to, for example, like a friend of my dad who's like 40, 45 years old, already had his business, gave him, gave him kind of a status where I'm kind of like nervous and also like a kind of like, I don't want to, I don't want to mess this conversation up. I want to ask the right questions. I want to not ask one questions and like the stupidest, the, like the thing many people have fear of is that at the end of the day, people think that the person like thinks about you, that you're kind of stupid or you don't have an idea about it. But that, that will never happen. I think that's just the thing that will uh, that, that's, that like exists in your head. I think the worst thing you can do is definitely giving a shit about it. Because when you come to a conversation and already made thoughts before and you kind of have this nervous feeling, mm -hmm. it always gives you the pressure to kind of prepare a bit of something. Yeah. And when you prepare a bit of something, when you have that bit of content that you can also put out there, or you, for example, have a bit of evidence of what you're talking about, mm -hmm then you come into a situation where the people actually most of the time have the feeling of you that you are a curious young man who wants to learn. And mm -hmm. I think giving that image of a curious young man who wants to learn mm -hmm. brings you a lot of time in position where you can learn a lot from people who are older than you and can tell you much more about experience that you never had in your life before because you are still younger and you never had that because of the age. Hmm, interesting. So have you have you ever sort of taken steps to overcome your social anxiety? Uh, yeah, I think kind of like keeping keeping myself down in the right situations, like from, I mean, also from the heart rate wise, uh, helped me kind of like briefing, meditating. I think you talked about it in the podcast before. So, so, so for example, let me give you a situation. You are... Let's not say in a bar because uh, I don't feel it's quite appropriate with uh, with context of being in a boarding school. <laughs> but uh, um, let's just say you are in the dining hall, yes. right? And you see this person sitting over there, right, by by themselves or by another friend or what. This is a person you respect and you are curious and want to reach out to them. But how do you how do you, but then you feel like that person's like superior and doesn't yeah. like in no way you're connected to him. Yeah. How do you sort of overcome that fear and then just reach out and figure out something to say? Good question. First of all, I think most people will think that eight of 10 situations will be the wrong situation to talk to that person. The reality is probably one situation would be wrong and nine would be still okay to start a conversation because Making the first step is something that people always say, I will do it later or I will do it yeah, at yeah, time. True, 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 true. But then I never did it and the person's probably away or you never see them or you get kind of in a different way of, for example, you have the same course together then you have easily a mark, like easily, yeah. something common that you can talk together. Definitely. Is that person not anymore in your class? It's kind of when you're a person who has like, who's not like easy about studying your conversation, it could be hard to then find the common thing. So what I what I want to get at is, 
most of the moments that you think that you can talk now to this person that are the right moments. Because even if it's only the sentence that you give him a compliment or something like that, or even that you only like talk shortly about what he's doing in this day, will help you to kind of getting firstly in touch. Same, I, I could say it in the same way, same way when you talk to women and same way when you talk to like a I good, was just about to ask. <laughs> good friends. Yeah, I mean like compliment was like, I mean, you can also give, I also give friends compliment, of course, but of course. it's also something about women. I mean, but yeah, because speaking of talking to girls, do you ever have, did you ever have like the girl anxiety? I don't know what that is. That is that if that's a word, but have you ever had that before? I think anxiety is like all the way. I don't want to separate between girls of like talking to a businessman or something like that. There's always like a bit of like, yeah, yeah. I don't know the no, person. But I'm talking so about like growing up as a kid. Yeah, there's, I mean, that's, that's like interesting topic because as, as a kid, when you remember, you never had that issue of like talking to people. Like most of people experienced it when they were kids, they were just like curious coming around and people were like just... I think it's at a certain point and then you just stop. Yeah, but I think I, that's yeah. a really interesting thing I wrote about because like... You wrote about? You yeah, wrote the, the reason the reason why people are, first of all, are so attracted to like talk to kids or have like connection with kids is first of all, they are... Cute and yeah, and, and but the other thing is, they were just smiling the, at you. Yeah. They they can just like and they're, so they're just looking at you and smile at you for two minutes, and you cannot get away of not smiling pure. back. That's that's what we're pure. But that's you so can pure. you can make the same in our modern day world normally. If mm. you talk, if you like smile to a person in a nice way, like one or two minutes, and you're just looking at them, <laughs> they will staring at them. No, <laughs> probably people will say it's strange when you do it like in a, in a way where you see yeah, when course. you really bring the feeling over that you you're a welcome person and yeah, you're course, just smiling I know because you you're know happy. You yeah, that's the thing. Like when you're happy, you can really spread happiness, charisma. Yeah, yeah, the charm. I mean, uh, I, I mean, thank you so much for that. I mean, that that certainly does help a lot for me in certain circumstances. Also, I re resonate with that a lot too. I mean, I want to share a little bit about about myself too. Do I mean, it, yeah. Because, for example, for me, I, I, I don't think I'm the most, you know, outgoing person as a, growing up as a kid. Like, I have very strong social anxiety. I, I mean, I'm always chill with the, with, the, with the friends and with the school and the classmates. But outside of that, I'm, I'm, I, I'm so scared of talking to strangers. Like, when I go, like, I remember this because my mom keeps telling me, you know, when I was like seven years old or what, we, we went to McDonald's this one time and then my mom had to like, put the stuff down. So then she was like, yo, Channon, go, go buy us two, two burgers, right? So I went and I was in front of the cashier. I, kn I already knew what I w was going to buy, but I just stood there. And then the cashier waved at me and I just suddenly panicked, just turned back and just ran back. And I had to pull, pull, my, pull my brother over. Let's go, let, let's go into it. Let's go into you. Yeah. How, how old you was? Seven? I, I mean, probably seven or maybe even older, like nine. I, I don't remember, but it was like when I was a what kid. What was the feeling that fulfills you when you when you couldn't talk? What was the thing? Like, why? So I don't this, know. Because the, mm -hmm. the thing is, it's, it's I, I mean... I, I know how to talk to people, but I just have this thing against strangers as a kid. I think also it really matters that you were kind of like smaller as all the yeah, others and people were kind of expecting you something. You didn't know if you can fulfill now, even if it's only order, Yeah, you were kind of feeling in a way that you are like not probably big or strong enough not, to, not to big, do it now, Yeah, right? of course. And it just, it feels weird because everyone around me is like, you know, adults ordering and there's this little kid 
holding holding some cash in his hand <laughs> and then looking staring off lo- looking up like that <laughs> and then and then yeah uh, um and and then i started panic and i had to bring my brother which is two years younger than me and he was fine he was like can i can i have uh, uh, two burgers <laughs> i think it really yeah. in that situation depends on the situation of where you went because like it's sometimes your days you're, you're staying up and you kind of like had like an like a not so good feeling, things not working out, you probably messed up, you slept too long and stuff like that. You didn't come into the day. I would I also say like when you didn't come into the day when you don't not don't feeling so well, it's probably not a day where you like start of course, off when start off so like a very real new conversation. New, yeah. But the thing is like you never like that is like really from our heart. You never have to have the feeling that you are not, not good, good enough. enough, weaker or something like that for somebody. Because exactly. The thing what happens in the end is it's it's a at lot the of the same time when you mm-hmm. encourage people to talk about what they do, their passion, stuff like that, mm-hmm. people will give you the specs. So even when you don't have like you have a messed up start, you're probably saying like hello, and this hello sounds like hello. So even when you're like even like, yeah, kind no. of when you're like kind of just people are tea, understanding. You're not speaking fluently. The other people will never say like, Oh, you cannot talk to me properly, and that's not anymore. He was like <laughs> He will be the, like, the, actually, actually, I would if somebody is like yeah. kind of like not in this way. I obviously try to encourage the people and then think like maybe there are some ways that it, people really are want to be for themselves. But people who are the type of personality, they really communicate easily. They say like, oh, I'm, I'm not like that much talk. I really want to be for myself. So that's fine. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Yeah, exactly, man. And. And and yeah, I mean, I, as a seven year old, I probably wouldn't comprehend all that. And I mean, even if I did, I probably wouldn't know, because because it, it it was just like in my blood. But 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 like that sort of social anxiety sort of stuck with me. There's this one time in sixth grade, I remember this clearly. I probably have shared this in previous podcasts, but I was I was giving a class presentation, right? And then I walked up, I. I, I we we're supposed to memorize it, but like you know, you can use notes and all that. So I have some note cards and all that. But I was just presenting, presenting, and so, like it was going all right. But I don't know what happened. I I still like I'm thinking back, but I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, I started like crying on stage. Like, dude, it's a class presentation, sixth grade. So I'm not a kid. Like I'm not like in second grade, but I'm in sixth grade. But I started crying on stage on, on stage, bro. <laughs> It would happen, obviously. It, it, it did happen, and, and and um, you know, some some people made fun of me after that, but like I think a lot of people are understanding, because a lot of people at that time had like present presenting anxiety and all that. But I was just saying, like I I have those, and with girls too, it's horrible, bro. It's horrible. <laughs> like I could not, t- I if if like as a kid growing up, if I'm into a girl, I cannot talk to her. I just cannot. Bro, it's it's a thing, and I think I overcame that and when like I it has to go into high school, like l- late high school, like after I f- overcome. I think I finally overcame that in like sophomore year here at NMH. And that's interesting because it but kind of has to do with like doing the first step. I mean, like it is. Yeah. I'm, I'm not talking anymore about the whole goal stuff, but talking about general um general conversations. Conversations, you have, conversations too, yeah. you want to have. Doing the first step. And actually resonating with the first step will give you a feeling that uh, things are easier as you thought it would be. That's very true. Because the thing is, because before then, before when I was um, younger, you know, boys and girls, uh, back in my schools, boys and girls are pretty separate, right? And then boys are with the boys, you know, 
and, and we were all like and especially my friends we don't really like talk to them it goes we were just close boys and we just you know have fun play soccer all that but then we don't we all don't like talk to girls mm. we do, all don't talk to girls that much so it's always sort of b- built into us that we just sort of don't like especially i'm not saying not not with girls at all like we still talk to girls but like not with like those good looking or like those popular girls if you know what i'm saying um and yeah that that sort of that and then it sort of th- those slowly came off when i began actually like talking to girls and i realized like it's no different it's no different it's like me reaching out to it, I first had to overcome my anxiety of talking to strangers, obviously. And after that, I slowly, you know, overcame the anxiety of talking to girls and all that. It, it, because I realized, like, it's, it's all the same, you know. Like strangers, for example, talking to them is the same as if I wanted to talk to you. Well, it's not, there, there's definitely tweaks, but it's, it's, it's less scarier than what you think. Yeah. It's much less scary. I, I think there's also think. like in the general conversation with people, there's definitely also that's really known in Germany actually. In Germany, people don't have that much small talk just because they're really to the point of what they're saying. And it's kind of reasonable. Yeah, that's why, that's why people from probably. Germany also like they're, they're known for this, that they're really sometimes to the point. And I grew up with that. And what also resonates with me, I probably have to also work on that, is that you don't share at the, at the beginning like everything with everybody because obviously there is a thing that you really have to say for yourself what topics I really want to talk about every day and every time and which topics are privately for me because knowing a person, talking to them and for example, the most people have good intentions but um, don't share everything so easily that's like interesting yeah, no, though, because course. we went to people <laughs> we went talked about people who have problems with sharing something now we are also that type of people talking about who want to share like everything to everybody mm-hmm. they probably ever made the experience that they shared something too fast or too easily to somebody and he was kind of like oh I don't know you so well why are you, why are you telling me this Yeah. so even that there, there, there is something yeah. in between there but I want to say that People who like acceptly saying that I have so much fear I never talk to persons and people who are saying that I cannot keep something for me, I have to talk every th- I have to talk every information out. These are both extremes mm-hmm. which could cost you. I would say just just cost you of like even like the one is not making mistakes and that's why not learning from mistakes and the one is like <laughs> doing too much mistakes and then mistakes coming back. So there's probably something in between but there's but a the, wide but range the thing of it. Is, yeah. But the thing is you have to figure it out by experiencing. Oh yeah, definitely. You have so to, make you have to yeah. You have to like take the first step and you have to fail sometimes. Because dude, for me to b- overcome my social anxiety, I failed a bunch of times. You know, There are times where I walked up to the person and I said hi and I talked to them and they just tried to ignore me, you know what I'm saying, in some ways. And there are times where, you know, when you, when, when I talk to girls and they're like very, you know, cold, cold you know what I'm saying? Mm. You know, you know is, is that a right word, cold? I think you can say Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, and obviously there are times where I went up to get like small talks or that and, and I messed up, right? And it it was awkward sometimes. Th- those things definitely have happened, but 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 for listeners, you have to make those mistakes. You have to because it's with those make with with making those mistakes that you develop ability. It's, it's with everything, literally soccer. If you don't make a mistake, you don't you don't grow. Like if you don't mess up a like seriously, the, like if you don't mess up a pass, you don't re- master the pass, right? 
um, those experts, they they don't practice to they get it right. They practice mm-hmm. to, to, there's a saying, they, they don't practice um, to they get it right, but they practice to they can't get it wrong. It's because they keep making mistakes, keep keep making mistakes, keep making mistakes until at the at, at so many training that they're slowly getting away from that mistake. You know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the same same thing with yeah. socialization and all that, and social anxiety and all that. And and yeah, and and it's a skill. Like I I personally I feel like socialization it's a skill. It's not something that you're born with. Like I I'm obviously the introvert extrovert. Probably is true. Probably is that. But I feel for me personally, giving my honest opinion, I think this thing is malleable. If I, you, I think I'm totally. I'm, I'm you, like, you know I'm, what I'm saying? If you want to become an introvert, just stop talking to people. Just delete all your social medias and, and yeah, just. I also your, think like, like you can you can turn yourself into an introvert. It's possible. But if you are an introvert, if you keep pushing yourself, pushing your barriers of this, you can slowly push it, slowly become an extrovert. Yeah, but I'm not saying that you should. Or should yeah, and I also like adding, adding to that. I wouldn't put it in the way like because people are kind of like keeping saying that they are introvert, extrovert, just for like as an excuse. No, I think they're characterizing themselves, but at the end, it doesn't yeah. like really matter if you exactly. are like an introvert no, or extrovert. You don't have to label yourself. It really, it really is on the situation. You can always change things by just doing what you want to do and what you also expect from yourself. Because the expectation that you have from yourself and the person you want to be really influences how much human connection works for you. For example, if you're a salesman, you can never get with a salesman with like not talking to people, right? Yeah. So when you have the ability to great talk to people, probably salesman is something which is interesting for you because you're constantly active of like convincing and talking to people. If you're more a person who really is on his own and does his own business and does it like successfully for like many years, then you don't necess- necessarily have to build up these like human connection, always talk to them because no, always but, like but I think it's of always good person. to have the, there's, there's a lot of, it's always good. But at the end of the day, it's, it, it matters like what person you want to be. And of when course. you're fine true, with true, that true, person true. want to be, you don't have positive connections. That's also fine. Yeah. Like a lot of successful people, there are introverts or at least what yeah, they label. Yeah. As I said, I really, I really wouldn't we, categorize we, we, we them wouldn't extrovert, categorize, introvert, yeah, extrovert. They, they, it's just they, like they, what you want to be. Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, it, so. it really depends on what you want to do and what you want to be. And, but then there's, but then everyone socializes. Everyone talks because we're in a society. If you don't talk, it's, it's, it's impossible to do anything, right? But then, but then it's always a good skill to have. Like, I would say, yeah. It's always good to have, like, it's, it's like a tool. It's like if you have a bag, right? And you have a toolkit, right? It's, it's better to have it than, than not. You know what I'm saying? If like for anyone like Bill Gates, even though you know he claims he's introverted, but he still talks. He, I see him at to- talk shows or like giving like speeches and all that, because it's still a skill that could be developed, you know. And and for everyone that's listening, whether you label yourself as introverts or, or extroverts, or if you don't label yourself, you can develop that skill. It's possible. Yeah, and I also think, but I think we don't have to like. I think we have to be um, kind of kind of we have to set the the division between like talking about something in a quantitative way or talking about something in a qualitative way because i have the feeling that people for example like there are different types of people on the table and there's always i think what i experienced this type of people on the table i really admire this person because i'm more of the person i'm kind of about it depends on the topic but i'm also at topics where i'm just talking much and i really catch myself of saying like oh 
there's like probably there's everything right what I'm saying, but I'm not getting here like right to the point. And there's always the person on the table who is like really quiet, have a good ability of like listening to people and then putting the right words together in the right situation. And then it sounds so powerful because it's just like he's there when somebody asks him and he gives the right, uh, he gives just like the perfect answer for something. And that also gives you credibility. So kind of finding your old toolbox is, is important, as you said. Definitely, definitely. Finding the toolbox and all that. And and sort of, well, I mean, we can probably run this forever, but um, I mean, I know, I, I guess t- time is coming a little short. But I want to talk a little bit about like the charisma aspect to it. Because not only do you, you know, go up to people and ask questions, you you and you talk to them, small talk, all that. You also have to develop some char- charisma too, right? Like telling a good story, for example. You're really good at telling stories, like Thanks. genuinely. Thanks, buddy. Like, Thanks. how did you develop that? I, I'm very curious. Or also develop like your char- charisma, if you know what I'm saying. I think first of all, thank you. I I take the compliment, but I really think I'm not like the person who's like the the man of it. I I really yeah. like yeah. I I, I I'm, I'm I, some some people saying to me that I'm good at like telling something to them and that I can also convince people or something like that. But that's really something where I say, like, okay, good to hear that. Uh, thank, thank, thank <laughs> you for saying me that. I never actually realized that it's something that I'm probably good at, but I'm also saying that I'm really not an expert at it. So I'm just talking out of my experience of course, that I made. And kind of what Very I- Very humble person. Yeah, kind of, ki- kind, of, kind of what I worked on when I was younger uh, was like, Entering the room with the uh, right intention and also um, also entering the room with a kind of attitude that you have. And it really like, as a really tall person, people don't know me, I'm 6'5". <laughs> so <laughs> people pe- people see me when I'm entering the door. And people always, you always have like attention from people. People watching you and people saying like, oh, who is that guy? He's tall. And I probably will ask him the first question are you a basketball player? And I would say, <laughs> no, I'm playing mini golf. Mini golf? <laughs> nah, I'm just, just like a joke. I sometimes play. Uh, I mean, that, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, because people that's saying always one. like, are you a basketball person? I'm like, no, I'm, I'm a soccer goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. Or mini golf person when I want to be funny. But that's only a joke I keep in my pocket. So, so, but how do you develop like the joke telling yeah. ability and, and, the, and the humor? No, I'm, I'm, I'm coming to it. So the thing is like of like going to going with intention to a room will really help you to kind of gain the overview because sure. when you're entering, for example, people in animation notice, you're entering the dining hall, mm-hmm. things can get overwhelming. People like saying, oh, Constantine, what's up? The other person saying, oh, Constantine, have a question. And you are, the, uh, and you are searching a person and say like, oh, Shannon, what's up? And then like three things coming together and you really have to organize yourself who do I want to get in first, what I want to do, do I ever upset them? Because you cannot just, when somebody said, what up, Constantine, walk there without giving a sign of a view and say like, oh, thanks, what's up too, or something like that. Mm. So there's really a thing where you have to structure yourself. So entering a new place with a free mind and also with intention to get something out of it will help you. Obviously, something you're just like entering in other buildings and you're still in mind but it also helps you to have these different approaches. I sometimes adding, I'm sometimes like going to the building with headphones on and having like an having like an, an jacket where I can put something over my ears. Mm-hmm. Then people probably get the sense that he's not reachable for me at the moment. Sure. Because then so, I so then you're so you're saying that you keep yourself open. Sometimes, but sometimes not intentionally. Sometimes, okay. Because when you have your headphones on and everybody knows you're busy people cannot expect that you can answer in that moment because yeah. they will not say what's up when they have headphones on. You probably wouldn't hear them. But I mean, when, yeah, you, when mm-hmm. you're going to a room and you have that time at the moment, use it to be intentionally because of things course. will come to you and they will 
they can overwhelm you or they can just like bring you into position where you're saying, oh, I'm prepared. People, I'm, I'm tall. I I'm think, coming yeah, here. Of course, intention, intention is a great, great part with, with um, you know, coming to a place because, you know, having intention in life in general is really good because you are clear of what you're going to do and then you're sort of moving in life and then you progress forward. But I sort of want to pull back a little a, a little bit to, to the point of charisma because I, I don't know like I, it, it's like your experience of going in a room being like uh, instantly getting attention I don't think that's like the most relatable experience to most people you know what I'm saying yeah like I, I, how, can, I can say something you, to this I can yeah. say something to this because that's the mm -hmm. thing like even if you're tall or not it really matters for example like how you're going so I can I can really suggest True, to people how mm -hmm. to make you as as tall as possible in a sense of make you seem confident yeah and what what makes him confident is the question of people ask you okay how i can be confident the first mm -hmm. thing is literally like going straight don't have your shoulders in a way that you're yeah, going yeah, like yeah, of course of like, like don't put, put kind put of making a circle yeah, with yeah, yourself and then have a good breath because when you have a good breath <laughs> you can always answer feel in comfortable a, in, in, a, talking. In, in a clear way yeah, sure. and the other thing i also experience it really matters where you have your hands because people don't know where to put your hands it sounds strange, but I'm when I talk to a person, people will probably come around that you don't know where to put your hands. So you can easily put your hands in your pocket, but that sometimes people don't see your hands and it kind of like feels sometimes like feels like you're anxious. Yeah, or could be. And when you when you want to do something against this, I so in the you old like days, to wrap your hand around others a lot. I yeah. do notice that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. But uh, in the in the old days, I always had like something with me, like was a notebook or was a rubber or something like that. And I just had it in my pocket. And when I talked to people, I, I, I took it out and I just had something in my hand where I could just like like do things when I'm talking because that's really like gave me a thing as the same as you like in the... In a, in a so you keep your hand out. Yeah, right. Running a class test and having a chewing gum also helped me a lot because then I was kind of like doing something while working. Of course. So yeah. so that sort of helps you get get past the first step. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Of of those anxiety, and then did you develop like your humor later on? <laughs> humor, I, I, or it's <laughs> like, it, or is that that's just natural? I I think I n I obviously think that I'm not like over the top with my humor. So I really want to don't want to do humor that somebody says like, oh, that's not <laughs> funny for me. I, I, I obviously I, li I like to make jokes, but it's all it's all like come from the situation. When 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 I feel like there's something out to say, or really feel that the situation where you are, for example, entering a new class, entering a new classroom, everybody is like on their phones, and nobody really like starts the conversation. Bringing a joke up up Lighting there the can mood, yeah. really help to like kind of like in the mood, and everybody will benefit from it because then there are people like kind of having a talking point. And the other thing, because we uh, before we but want to we, end the show, should yeah. I bring no, something but up? No, but hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, okay. I, want, I really want to because this is a really good point that you brought up. How do you sort of find the jokes though? Do you, do you, do you just instinctively knew? Is that a thing? <laughs> Honestly, from my perspective, I think I'm a really worse joke teller. <laughs> yeah, but like, uh, I mean, obviously, but like, you still tell a lot of jokes and you cr you cr you make a lot of people smile. Yeah, it's kind of like giving giving my first intention to something. For example, it's just you bring your smile and positivity and energy. Yeah, I think, and that's 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 a small point, but it kind of relates to this. Um, mm -hmm. People always are. So I think I made the experience to find common things with somebody. I think when generally people try to, when people don't want don't know to talk to somebody, mm -hmm. see if you have a commonality together. Because when there is a common thing that you have together, even though you're wearing both, you're wearing the, both the, the same brands, or you both started soccer one day, or you both went to like the same uh, vacation spot, that's a great way to start a conversation. 
because when you have a commonality with a person, you are on a different level where you can connect together. Mm-hmm. And that always helps you also also with jokes, even though I'm a bad joke teller. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. I mean, and and but then you still tell good jokes though. Oh, thank you, but I don't think so. <laughs> but that's my perspective, uh, even though see, that's right like there, right there. <laughs> I mean, it's but like I, I, I really like that, and 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 I really respect this. Um, I, I mean, I really appreciate you sharing all of these today. I think people who have been listening would definitely find this very helpful. Um, to, towards you know overcoming social anxiety, or also like just learning skills, like social skills too. Because you you share some really great points there. Yeah, I, I appreciate being here. And the, also, the thing is, like, people who hear this from NMH, people who hear that um, from around the world who hear the podcast, I'm really a person who also thinks that I always keep time for only being available. So I'm, I'm honest with you. Everybody who listens to the show can always contact me. I mean, like, that that's also a thing. Like, I'm so serious about that. Everybody can contact me and write something about, like, oh, you made this point or, oh, I'm there. And you think, what do you think about that? Because I'm yeah. just so curious about, hear about like exactly. from, from new people. Hey, same, that, same for me too. Yeah, reach that, out. Yeah, that people people <laughs> can always contact me. I wouldn't I wouldn't say like oh that was like oh you contact me and that like keep keep a message in my phone where I like say oh I don't want to look at it. No, of course <laughs> I want to look at it. It's interesting. Of course, of course. Yeah, you you always love hearing new voices and always love learn, learning. That's always, the thing. I, yeah, otherwise the life would be boring, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> you, what were you gonna say? Do you have any less things that you wanted to bring up? I mean, we, we, bro, we, we could have had so many other points to talk about. I know you have like a business, you have investments, you have, we didn't even dive into goalkeeper at all. We didn't like barely talk about Germany or Kessel and all that. But I think today's content was amazing. What do you think? Thanks, brother. Yeah, I think too. I think we made some great stuff today. Kind of last thing, you touched off that you have so much with me to talk about. And I think that's also something which kind of brings my last point up. I think... Um, you probably have a person that you 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 think you always oh, can talk with him like so much, or there's so much out there, and you never made this connection with him, and you at the end of the day say like, oh, if I would have made this connection here, my life really turned different. So the kind of like thing I want to share from my experience at the end of the podcast is, you can avoid to make, for example, personal connections to hear from experience to go out and make mistakes, but at the end of the day. You don't know what happened if you have done it. Mm-hmm. So that's the real thing. People don't know what what could do when they have done it. Connected to my story, I never imagined what happened to going to a showcase and playing 45 minutes in America. True. People who are hearing that say like, this is a dumb man. <laughs> paying so much money for a flight for, for to just go 45 minutes for 45 yeah. minutes. But, but the that thing changed was, your life. I never knew what turned out. Yeah. So never know what the future holds. Do risks, do things Take you risks, probably yeah. mm-hmm. think about and say that could worth it to do it. Do mm-hmm. it because you don't know what happens after that. And maybe that is the thing that brings you in the path that you exactly. want. Exactly. That person sitting next to you or n- next table in the dining hall, if you reach out, they might be like your soulmate. I mean, that that's kind of a stretch. <laughs> but you that, know what that's I'm saying? That's a stretch, like, but that brings to the but, point but that there's so many examples. There are so many examples like that. Just those accidental meetings. Like a lot of husbands and wives, they met with in like accidental places. Like remember Kate was sharing, their parents met in a you know, restaurant. <laughs> but but um, yeah, there's so many things that we could talk about, but obviously time restricts us. And again, thank you so much for coming. And we have a lot. We'll do podcasts thank a lot. Thank you. I, I was happy to share my bigger picture. Yeah. <laughs> of course. And 
I would love for you to come back sometime, maybe to yeah, share more bigger picture. Yeah. yeah, a lot. Um, same things or last things last. Um, as always, that I always do with my guests. I want to ask you this for one final question. Did you have a good time here today? Of course. Thank you very much. <laughs> Just like that, of course. No, I think like that brings to the point because people who hear the podcast will probably also had a good time because we had a good topic and it was uh, it was joyful to be here. Yeah, of course. And thank you so much for coming. And for listeners, thank you all so much for um, listening to the entire thing. I hope you really enjoyed Constantine, obviously. And in, if if you learned something, that would be amazing. And again, like Constantine said, reach out if you if you are interested. You know, reach out to him. Reach out to me. Um, talk to us. Talk to us about what you think. And the next bigger picture. We're still always on the look for new voices. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for joining us today. And we, I will see you in the next episode. Bye.